1: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast with stories about the weather and climate and the roles they play in our daily lives. I'm your host, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. Thanks for joining us as we head into the first full weekend of November. This is starting our seventh episode of our series that focuses on fall. Although, you know, you wouldn't know it's fall this week. We started a stretch of warm weather that rivals real field temperatures you'd expect in late summer, early fall versus what you might think November might feel like as we approach winter's arrival in just a few short weeks. My goodness, it's so warm in the east. But our friends out west, they're going to get a deep dive into what, by my count, I think is about the third taste of early winter in the areas on the left side of the country. You know, when you think of fall weather, you think of football. And so as I get ready to announce this weekend's Penn State football game in Beaver Stadium, there will only be about 1,500 people in the stadium that will hear me live. That means there will be about 105,000 people that will miss out on a 70-degree afternoon in early November with a 3.30 kickoff. And That's one of my favorite times for a college football game, those games that start in the sunshine and end under the lights. You know, we did get to play football in the Big Ten. I shouldn't complain, but It is without all the excitement. There's no paying fans. There are no marching bands, no cheerleaders, no mascots. In a word, the first game I announced last weekend should have been a whiteout with Ohio State with 105, 110,000 screaming fans. In a word, to announce it without fans was weird. I've become great friends with my counterparts at the other two Big Ten stadiums that seat over 100,000 fans. And I'm sure that feeling of weirdness that I have wasn't unique to my situation. So I've been looking forward to welcoming my two friends, Ohio Stadium public address announcer Bob Kennedy and the University of Michigan and Michigan Stadium's public address announcer Carl Grapentine to everything under the sun. And we will talk about this weird college football season. Today's the day to do that. We'll also highlight the second team in that competition, Project X, the machine learning competition from University of Toronto AI, which focuses on climate change this 2020 season. While well, AcuWeather's supporting and partnering with Project X and we'll head to Madison, Wisconsin, another Big Ten place, and talk to a team of badgers who want to use machine learning to make better forecasts related to wildfires and climate change. My friends, it's time to talk about everything under the sun. For years, truly, my professional and broadcasting announcing life has had two main focal points. I gave my first devorecast of the weather back to my fourth grade class each morning when one of my uh, teachers then showed an early interest in my passion for weather at an early age. seemed like as we got closer to college, that focus switched more to some of my other passions. So I wanted to broadcast sports, including Penn State football and basketball, when I started working in radio in Happy Valley in the mid-90s. You know that Penn State is home to the Nittany Lions... And also, Happy Valley is home to AccuWeather. So my weather broadcasting career came back to the front when I started working here with AccuWeather back in 1998. Subsequently, they would help me earn a degree in certification in broadcast meteorology. And since that point, I've been amazingly fortunate to be on so many amazing radio stations across this great nation and continue to be so today. But I never lost my passion for sports. In fact, this 2020 season was supposed to mark the 21st year. As the stadium announcer in Beaver Stadium for Penn State football, the 27th year for announcing Penn State women's volleyball, and uh, 31st year for Penn State men's lacrosse and other sports. So we were on a roller coaster ride. First, we found out we were only going to play conference games, and then... A week or so after that, almost uh, less than two weeks, we found out we weren't going to play any sports at all in the fall. At least it seems so in the Big Ten. But then a few weeks later, that roller coaster ride of emotions came back and it said we were going to play football. Now, a little differently than we've played in the past. Myself and three of my friends. Bob Kennedy, the Ohio State University public address announcer for the Buckeyes, and Carl Grapentine, the public address announcer for the University of Michigan and the Wolverines. We're used to announcing for a hundred thousand or more every Saturday, but we were told that we were going to be announcing for mere hundreds in the stadium, as we were not going to have any paying fans. Kind of a different feel this college football season, so I wanted to check in with my three amigos. Bob Kennedy, Carl Grapentine, and I talk about what this Big Ten football season and fall sports season has been really like. Well, I could go alphabetically, I could go longevity, I could go all those kinds of things, uh, but let's... We'll start alphabetically by school and we'll start with Michigan and Carl, this is by my count, your 16th season. You uh, did three games in 2005 and then you picked up from 2006 on 16th season for announcing Michigan football in the big house. But that is that is correct. Last season was your 50th this is where you i have you beat on number of years stadium announcing but last season was your 50th announcing for the michigan marching band right on my i started that in 94 so 25th year i think in that regard
2: wasn't that the uh well should have been national championship year it was
1: 90 it was 94 the year that we kind of got yeah, Holy yeah, Nebraska yeah. okay. that year in '94, but yeah, '96, uh, and then um, yeah, since then, and we've shared some good times in Michigan Stadium and bad times together, both of us seeing uh, stuff. That's true. And then, uh, Mr. Kennedy, this is your seventeenth season doing uh, Ohio Stadium. Eighteen. Eighteenth, Eighteenth. My yeah. bad. Okay. So, and Five. then tw- what? Twenty-first for doing First all. for overall other sports for Ohio State that you do.
3: Yeah, my my other primary sports are men's and women's soccer and baseball, secondary men's basketball. And of the 36 varsity sports that we have at Ohio State, I've done, if my count is correct by by memory, which is is always subject to change, (laughs) uh, I've done 21 of the varsity sports.
2: All wow.
1: right.
3: Did I always know what I was doing? Hell no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm about there, too, in terms of uh, I've done everything but in a regular season game. I haven't done our hockey teams yet. And okay. uh, the only other thing that I haven't done is anything with tennis, but everything else I've done stuff with. like even
3: I, I haven't done either men's or women's tennis. I did women's ice hockey for 11 years.
1: When, wow, there you go. Uh,
3: starting with the second year of the program. It's uh, been a, a wide variety of, of uh, opportunities for sure.
1: So uh, Bob and I ha- and, and Carl are all radio guys, I guess, right. uh, with with different kinds of focuses. Carl's focus was classical music, waking up people in the mornings on
2: uh, W F M T in Chicago. Yeah. OK, I, I
1: knew it was in Chicago just, didn't know, the call letters. I'm now. I'm glad you know because I just got on BBM. I just started BBM, uh, WBBM, about uh, six, seven months ago. So we didn't have to have to compete, which is good. (laughs) Uh, That's good. And then Bob, you do an afternoon shift on a on a radio station in Ohio as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually midday, nine to two on WDLR in Delaware. We just uh, acquired what used to be uh, WBKO here in uh, Columbus and uh, make it uh, part of our. A conglomerate of uh, stations. So we now have four, and now we're under our company umbrella. And uh, so far, it's uh, gone very well.
2: We just did election coverage. Uh, yeah, when uh, will this air, Dean? Gotcha. Will you have... Will you have Pennsylvania fixed by then?
1: Ah, well this uh, this is <laughs> dropping very early Friday morning, so we will not know it, exactly. It, it, probably,
2: it, 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 I might uh, find out during the Rutgers
1: game on Saturday night. Well, right, yeah, we may be, one of us, may be able to first. Uh, I, I, I'm what you, What time are you guys this weekend? So I'm at three thirty with the. Uh, I'm we're, away. We're,
2: we're uh,
3: seven thirty on Saturday oh, night.
2: We got Rutgers under the lights on BTN.
1: That's right, Carl's Carl gets the week off. I'm
2: away home. this week. We're scheduled for a night game on ABC with Wisconsin, but But. Wisconsin just had to cancel its last two games because of
1: covid so. we're going to be right. talking about this season and how how strange it's been and and that kind of thing in our in our second segment but here in this first segment is we kind of introduce ourselves to each other so you know what's in common here folks is we regularly talk to a hundred thousand people people have asked me what it's like um i kind of tell them that it's kind of like uh, i don't know what it's like you know I, it's hard to tell i i i guess Part of it is you can't think about it. I try to really communicate one-on-one. That seems to be my thing. That And, and I think that's maybe why we're three so successful what we do because we're radio people and we know that kind of magic of well, when you're talking to large groups of people, you're still only talking to one person. And I think the keys to me in what I do is that I'm trying to make sure that everybody's informed as much as possible. I don't know. What are your keys? Uh, we'll start with Carl. What are your keys that you, in your approach to the job and in, in being
4: the yeah commissioner?
2: in doing the game? It's yeah, just getting the information out there, getting as much information as we can, getting it accurately, and uh, trying to be fairly even-handed about it. It's always just mm-hmm. been the way we've done that. So well, that, obviously, okay. my voice goes up more when. Michigan scores a little I'm bit talking right. over a hundred and five thousand instead of five thousand
1: but I would I guess we'd all agree I'm a little bit more animated than the three I think probably the three of us i'm probably a l- probably the most animated right um although I've heard you get a little yeah, excited maybe. there Mr Kennedy too at Ohio State what what are Bob what are some of your keys uh anything different or anything that we're not picking up on that you think well, about?
3: Think I- has more to do with uh, the brightness of your voice rather than the volume of your voice. Uh, We've been in radio long enough to uh, listen to program directors that tell us to uh, smile uh, as we're uh, uh, on the air. Now, I don't necessarily subscribe to that uh, as far as how you inflect what you're getting across on uh, the microphone rather than uh, sounding like a Stephen Wright uh, for three and a half hours.
1: Yeah. I think it, I think it's about intonation and, and approach yeah. and, 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 and kind of knowing, imagine yourself being out there. It's hard to digest, you know, people just talking, 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 talking. I think you have to break things up, right? Like kind of know the concatenation of, of how to effectively communicate in that situation. Exactly.
3: And I, all three of us do, uh, promotions and other things between, uh, uh, during timeouts and things like that, where we can get the crowd more involved and kind of play along with them and be, as uh, Dean, you said, be a little more animated, kind of uh, feed off the crowd in, in, that, in that regard. But once the red light comes back on uh, after a timeout, as Carl mentioned, you're back into your, uh, uh, you've got your blinders on and uh, you want to be as professional and uh, straightforward, not monotone, obviously. You know, if, if you want to say uh, go by the book I, I, I have no problem with that you know as far as my, my approach
1: mm-hmm. uh, to everything. Preparation I think is key for me. I know that I probably spend a good hour and a half doing some charts and looking at stuff uh, before each game. you know some of sometimes preparing for this season and that first game last week, was just awful I, it was hard for me to do and and i think a lot of that for me was because it had been so long since i had had a sporting event right yeah. uh, you know normally the longest we go is from what uh, for some of us probably may to uh or or april may to to august mm-hmm. or september mm-hmm. but here here we'd been since since march for me and- here Carl, for you, it had been yeah, longer, since right? Last so, November. I mean, I know we're going to talk about that, but <laughs> did you guys feel like fish out of water uh, the, that first game that you did? It was,
4: even
2: regardless of the situation. Yeah, the, the atmosphere was just so strange. Yeah. Um, you know, they tried to recreate some of a, of a game day. There were moments over the course of the afternoon when I was just doing the job and it just felt normal. But every time there was a stop, anytime there was a timeout. It was just so obvious that this is something really weird going on.
3: I I, I concur with Carl uh, 100%. Uh, My script on a normal game day Saturday is in excess of 36 pages, front to front to front. And uh, that's with uh, promotions and special recognitions and and those sorts of uh, items. My script for the Nebraska game was a grand total from pregame to postgame, five and a half pages.
1: Right. Yep. I normally have 55 or 60 different cards. uh, And right. Yeah. And I had 10. So, you know, same, same situation. Many of
3: my announcements were, well, I had uh, announcements that uh, rotated evenly regarding uh, wearing masks. And that was, that was the bulk of my uh, announcements uh, during that uh, uh, game uh, two weeks ago.
1: I think it's strange for us, but I want to talk about this on the other side of a break here. I still think it had value, you know, there weren't that many people in the stands, but I think the value that translated through the television is something that came back to me in terms of um, the people's reaction. We're talking to friends of mine, Bob Kennedy from Ohio State University and Carl Grapentine from the University of Michigan. And I'm Dean DeVore. This is Everything Under the Sun. We're going to come back and talk more about this incredibly different college football season after this. Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Reno and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather.
0: Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today.
1: Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. I'm meteorologist Dean DeBoer, your host. We're in episode seven of our fall series. We are in the midst of a a two-part conversation that I had a little bit earlier this week. And I should note that this was recorded on Wednesday evening. So, still in the height of uncertainty with what was going on politically and with the presidential race. And, you know, subsequently, we found out that Wisconsin indeed uh, was not going to play football again this year, taking out the game with Purdue they had scheduled. And um, the growing concern that Wisconsin still has a problem with covid and its team and the surrounding community so their future in terms of playing is certainly uncertain going into this week and beyond but of course so many things are strange about this 2020 season i'm talking with my fellow compatriots the pa announcers for ohio state bob kennedy and for the university of michigan carl grapentine and i continue this conversation about this strange 2020 college football season All right. So we talked last uh, segment about how we all kind of got into this, uh, you know, our different paths. Carl's more, you know, came through the Michigan marching band with his uh, PA experience and then transitioned into being the football announcer as well. I was kind of the opposite sports, but I was in the blue band and became the Penn State uh, PA announcer. And, you know, did we mention this in the past segment that Bob Kennedy not only is uh, been doing Ohio State sports now for over 20 years, but You've also the Otterbine football announcer for thirty-one years, right? So, wow, it, right? For so <laughs> yeah. Otter Otterbine is a small Division three school that's in right. the suburbs of of Columbus in Westerville. And
2: what is, Columbus, what is it, Bob? The Otterbine
1: what? Cardinals. Cardinals. Oh, you should. I knew that.
2: <laughs> oh, I didn't. I was you know, hoping it was know, You know,
1: I got. I knew Otterbine because I grew up in Millersville, Pennsylvania. Which was uh-huh. at the PSAC Division Three school. I think they moved up to two now, but right. so I think at one year we played Otterbine in the three playoffs at one point. You know, I, I think you, I think you may have, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I you know, like, where's Otterbine? I never heard of that. Oh, it's in Ohio. So
3: <laughs> our marching band there, uh, which is Otterbine, is my alma mater. Uh, for uh, sake of information. And uh I announced their marching band uh, for seventeen years. So I pulled a uh, Carl and a, a and a Dean on uh, game days <laughs> where I announced the game and the marching band uh, all in the same swoop. Uh it, it's funny Carl mentioned otters. My uh <laughs> my athletic director that going, allowed Carl. You to have the opportunity to announce her autobine thirty one years ago, Dr. Bud Yost, he his office was inundated with otter paraphernalia. In fact, our cross country uniforms said otters across the front. So it was kind of a secondary nickname, and they wanted to make it. There was a movement on a couple of different occasions to make Otters the primary nickname of the school. And I wrote an op ed piece in our uh, alumni magazine voicing my displeasure over uh, that possibility uh, for various reasons that would take another hour to explain. I'm not saying I had anything to do with uh, the decision that to, to keep it Cardinals, but it is still Cardinals to this day uh, because who wants to hear our arch-rival Capital University dig it in even more when they say, here, Otter, 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 Otter. I mean, come on,
1: folks.
4: Yeah. yeah.
1: So at least you know that brings up a good point uh carl and i don't get a bathroom break you do at least you, that is you, you, true you know you get to well, go I, I did when i was
3: bouncing the band at pipe, so i know exactly how you yeah. guys
1: <laughs> it's, uh, i i truly have to worry about my intake I, I i have to worry about not drinking too much but it's hard some games because you need the drink to the lubricate the, the vocal pipes there a little bit and well i'm i'm all enclosed now are you you're Bob's all enclosed, right? You you have a little bit of a window up top that you can open, and uh, exactly, yeah. But I'm pretty much s- sealed up. And Carl, you're in this. Uh, are you sealed? I can't remember, or do you have a?
2: No, we have uh, the big six foot window, which we yeah. always raise all the way up. No matter, it's sort of a point of pride. Although with. <laughs> With the season going into December this year, we'll
1: yeah. see. Well, I mean, that is that is this amazing 2020 season. You know, well, let, let's talk about that. The, the gamut of emotions that you, the three of us felt. I know when the first announcement was that we weren't playing. I mean I, I felt devastated and lost and I still do in a lot of ways this is not a normal fall mm-hmm. I mean all those normal fall feels of going to great Penn State women's volleyball matches and for me announcing those and you know just crunching the leaves and seeing the people and the homecoming parade and all of that it's just it, it's been tough this year for me I, I'm sure for you for you gentlemen as well uh,
2: It it did feel good last week to have at least some prep work to do creating yeah, right. out rosters and checking pronunciations and looking forward to Saturday but but yeah it's so different
3: yeah I, I agree with Carl on that you know verifying uh, maybe uh, reaching out by email to the uh, uh, the football uh, contact of the school that you're playing and getting uh, uh, captains and and uh, other information from uh, their game notes uh, online and and, and, uh, and so on what I noticed that was maybe even more bizarre than actually doing the game itself is the flow into and out of the stadium mm. because as i'm sure you guys deal with there is police presence all along uh the vicinity of the stadium and in some cases there are barricades and where you've got to have a pass in order to get past. not that's not the case two weeks ago it was almost like a sunday morning going uh just riding around and seeing who was uh, alive and who wasn't you pulled up to the traffic light you turned left you went down to the stadium you uh, showed your uh, A QR code on the phone in order for uh, your parking credential, did your little health check at the the gate, and you you went in, and when the game was over, you pretty much did everything in reverse. You got your car, you drove out, you hit the first traffic light, hit the next traffic light, and you were gone in about five minutes. That was so strange, and what I am so looking forward to in a uh, strange kind of way is when Carl's team comes down to see us in uh, December. We're not going to have. I'm not going to have to sit in my booth for about 30 to 45 minutes (laughs) doing crowd control because the the students have rushed the field after
1: the game. Hey, hey! Remember, (laughs) I got. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Remember, I got caught in that because I was with the the blue band that year. We got caught because you guys rushed the field, in the blue band we were stuck there for an hour and a half. Yes, Um, you were. I
3: remember that very
1: um, well. I, I, I understand that. It reminded me, and it, it reminded me. Remember the Michigan game uh, here, where we had the big snowfall in November, right? And, uh, we didn't have any parking, and very limited people. I mean, the the, the gates were open, but you know, we had had to people to uh, shovel out the stadium, and it kind of reminded me a little bit like that. Even worse, yeah, it, it was just incredible to. Right, so you're saying you're looking forward to all the hassle of taking five times as long to get somewhere? <laughs> you now, so that ten mile ride to Otterbein from Ohio Stadium, how often do you have to kind of do that, Bob? To well,
3: here, here's, the, here's the funny thing about that, Dean. When I was given the opportunity to announce Ohio State football, it was under the, uh, the uh, condition that I do all of their games or I do none at all. And I figured that uh, my uh, contacts at Otterbein would feel the same. My athletic director at the time, Dick Reynolds, was also our men's uh, head basketball coach. With the Final Four, as I'm sure you fo- uh, fellows uh, are well aware, uh, comes the uh, coaches' convention. So that particular year, the men were in New Orleans and the women were in Atlanta. And our women's basketball coach uh, was assistant athletic director at the time. So I thought, and I and I needed to have an answer to them by the Wednesday after the national championship game for the men. So I figured, I'm figuring well, both of my uh, contacts, uh, they're going to the con- convention. I'm screwed. Uh, as it turned out. <laughs> women's coach stayed back. She didn't go, so she gives me Dick's cell phone number. And I thought to myself, this is going to be good. He's going to be walking down Bourbon Street with a bunch of coaching buddies of his looking for a jazz club at about 5.36 o'clock in the afternoon. He's going <laughs> to see his cell phone light up with my phone number. What in the hell is Kennedy doing calling me, and what in the hell is he wanting How the hell do he get my phone number? So <laughs> uh, as it turned out, make a long story short, uh, Coach said, boy, why would I stand in your way? He says if this is something that can lead to more of an opportunity for you on a regular basis there, he said you'd be a fool not to take this on one condition. When you're at Ohio State and you're supposed to be here at Otterbein, he says you make damn sure that you've got a replacement in that press box for us when we're playing at the same time that you are at Ohio State. That agreement has been in place ever since.
1: That's great. Well, that is awesome. And, you know, I'm the same way with uh, women's volleyball and the other sports I do. We make sure that uh, if I can't be to the other one, but I don't have as far as you need to go. But it's sometimes, uh, you know, at the rush out of a a Beaver Stadium for me to get from Mm -hmm. uh, Beaver Stadium over to Rec Hall, which is less than a mile. It can still take 25 minutes in a a golf cart because it's just crazy. I don't know.
3: Carl has experienced that or not? I haven't. I haven't have t- on too many occasions. On some rare occasions, I have had a uh, men's or women's soccer match uh, at uh, say seven or seven thirty after a, uh, a noon or even as uh, after a three thirty game. And uh, our soccer stadium is not clear across campus, but as far as the the, the sports complex is concerned, it's a decent hike. From where Ohio Stadium is, as opposed to where uh, Jesse Owens Stadium is, you've got across a major thoroughfare of traffic that is congested with uh, pedestrian and vehicular traffic, yeah. and trying to get sure. there in time to get your first read for the soccer game after you
1: had just gotten done flapping your yap for three and a half hours doing well, football. Try, I know, and then and then having to be on because you know when yes. whenever we do what we do, we're we're we have to be on. In our closing moments, um, we're all represent our universities and, you know, not only our university, but our communities too. And uh, here in State College, obviously the smallest of the three communities uh, in terms of where the the university is housed, uh, it's been rough uh, not having full football situation and and it's been rough for our community. And, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see how that that goes forward, um, you know, as we were mentioning before we got on, uh, you know, Carl with Ann Arbor's uh, more suburban to Detroit. And then, of course, Columbus is the real deal in terms of being a full-fledged city and and more of an urban situation. So a a little bit different in those areas. But Carl, I want to start with you. Just the the impacts of this on the Ann Arbor and Michigan community in terms of having football as it is in the Big Ten here in 2020.
2: There were lots of articles about the impact, the financial impact, the psychological impact on the community. And, of course, it's, you know, it's been tough times for so many businesses already for the last six or seven months. And now this, I mean, this could really be a crushing blow for many of the Ann Arbor uh, hospitality-type businesses. So it's, it's very sad. We're
3: still seeing uh, articles in our uh, newspapers and uh, other uh, media uh, here in uh, Columbus. In fact, as recently as the first game, uh, there were uh, stories of how businesses at the, uh, the bars and the pubs and the restaurants, Uh, was down comparatively from last year because of uh, COVID. And I don't know if it's this way with uh, where where you boys are, but here in Columbus, you have to stop selling alcoholic beverages by 10 o'clock. You can stay open until 11 and you can drink and eat up until 11, but you've got to have it in hand by 10, at least the beverage you can make, you can have the order in for your food by 10, but that's, Alcoholic beverage has got to be in your hand and you sipping it by 10 o'clock, or you don't get any more the rest of the night. Mm. And that is still the case to this day. And uh,
4: I have several uh, bartender
3: girlfriends uh, at the various uh,
2: locations around Columbus where uh, they've,
3: they've had to take uh, <laughs> uh, some different measures as far as. Uh, reducing when their kitchens are open, uh, furloughing people temporarily. It's, it's quite, uh, uh, an unfortunate vibe for them because, uh, they're open till 1, 2, 2.30 in the morning, usually, um, most days of the week. Right. and um it's it, it's not that way for them it hasn't been for several months and i don't yeah. know when that's going
1: to change yeah and and yeah. uh you know then here too I, I i just it's not a full feel in terms of the the amount of the student body here so and then then they're going to go home early so it's it's going to be something that uh we're going to have to track i really appreciate my friendship with the the two of you um you know when this was all coming down and we weren't going to Play there that first announcement of not playing. I was thinking of trying to get us to go on the road as the three immediate <laughs> take our <laughs> show. On yeah, the road. I, yes. I actually think it would have worked, and it, it's missed, <laughs> still may, especially with some of these stories Kennedy's telling. So, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your counsel. Um, you know, as we record this, and we're still in a state of flux in terms of our politically uh, political situation, our our election situation. Uh, I posted this on election day yesterday uh, that a. Magical moment two years ago when uh, our two marching bands, Penn State and Michigan, came together to do that uh, uh, Game of Thrones show. And it just shows that, you know, even though people can have very different ideas about certain things, we can all come together. So I want to thank the the two of you for being such great friends and, and great counsel when things come up. And I'm sure I'll be talking to you about things that happen and getting your advice. I appreciate the time of talking with you all. Both. You're most welcome. mutual on this hand, pal. You know, usually after the interview is over, you realize that there was a question that you didn't ask them. And one of the things that I did want to bring up is, uh, you know, we get involved in the weather because uh, having to keep people safe, uh, we may have to evacuate the stadium. Now, I have not had to evacuate the stadium yet in my 21 years at Beaver Stadium, although we'd had a situation a couple of years ago where we delayed a game and we weren't letting fans in on time because of lightning situation. But both Carl and Bob said they've had to clear their stadiums, so Ohio Stadium for the Buck. Guys and michigan stadium for the wolverines three times because of weather and lightning that's quite a monumental task and uh, certainly it's something that's on the resume that you have to be ready for thanks again to those two amazing gentlemen who do such a great job um folks we're going to stay in the big 10 and we're going to head up to madison wisconsin and We're going to talk to a team from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. They are part of this uh, Project X. It's this machine learning competition we introduced you to in our last episode of Everything Under the Sun. They're going to talk about their project, which is trying to make better forecasts based on wildfires and their impact into the climate change situation. We'll talk with them after this on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. I'm your host, meteorologist Dean DeVore. This is the seventh episode in our fall series, and we are, for the second episode, highlighting a a very special partnership that we have with a competition going on, Project X, a three-month-long machine learning research competition that's hosted by the University of Toronto. Uh, We highlighted it with the entire competition in our main segment last week, and Also, last week, we began highlighting uh, three of the teams that uh, are taking part in this. There are 21 teams total. Last week, we talked to a team that was made up from individuals from different schools in different parts of the world. This week, uh, the team is from the University of Wisconsin in Madison, so we're keeping the Big Ten theme from our football talk just a a few minutes ago. Uh, This team, uh, Gotham Argawal, Jack Kai. Colin Frank, Brian Hugh, Elliot Kim, and Trayan Saroji are talking uh, about in their project, trying to introduce the idea that machine learning could help climate change in terms of the relevance of air quality impact of wildfires. And so just a couple of days ago, Gautam, Elliot, and Trayan joined me live to talk about their project. All right, Elliot, Gautam, and uh, Trayan, as I get you here today, let's talk a bit about your uh, research. Um, last week, we, we talked to folks that were doing research on looking at how climate change and our oscillation in the, in the Pacific goes with El Nino and uh, La Nina. Um, you're looking at climate change and wildfire situation, which after this past summer probably rings a lot of bells with folks because there were widespread wildfires out west this year, and it affected air quality. Um, you know, we have our headquarters here in AccuWeather on the East Coast, And there were a few days this summer where it was hearkening me back to when I was a kid and we had air quality issues across the country with haze and stuff in the sky. So it's definitely a situation. Obviously, air quality is a big uh, concern now as we continue to fight with COVID and those kinds of things. So when you have this opportunity, why did uh, air quality and smoke and those kinds of things kind of stick out to you guys? Uh, Whoever wants to answer can go first.
4: When we were looking for a topic, um, we were like looking through the news and we, f- we found that like California wildfires, obviously like headline news, um, it was impacting a lot of people through the fires and there smoke. I had some friends out in like um, California who they could like barely see like six feet in front of them. So, and on further research, we found out that like air quality has a big impact on health, like cardiovascular, respiratory health. And we also thought that, all right, this is like a machine learning project involves going to involve a lot of data. and. Air quality spread over a large area, and there's a lot of like different ver- data sources that we can use. Overall, we thought, yeah, it has like really great relevancy to human health, and it's also really applicable for machine learning. So we thought that it'd be a great and relevant topic.
1: Gantam, just talk a little bit about the opportunity for an undergraduate as yourself to be able to do this kind of research, which, you know, many times this is kind of upper level stuff here for people that are getting masters and doctorates not in undergraduate folks so that has to be exciting as you work through these uh, issues here over the next couple of months
5: yeah definitely because you get to make a lot of connections for a first time researcher at the university you try to talk to as many domain experts in climate change you've been talking about the topic of wildfires and uh, air quality and personally we have been trying to contact as many domain experts and we've been building a great network and we've understood much more about machine learning than you would get know through a typical course in the university because obviously when you do research on uh, machine learning concepts it involves much more than one or two frames of the algorithm but also for example you would also have to consider topics like time series along with an algorithm and how you incorporate that so that's much more of an interdisciplinary subject to kind of explore through the research and to get that experience as an undergraduate is very important for development right now for me.
1: Sherians talk about the the challenge with covid right now and uh, as the higher education scene is a lot different this year than in past years so has it been challenging for you guys to get together and to focus on this or easier or harder in this situation?
6: It's been both easier and harder for our team in general generally speaking we usually have three meetings in a in a typical Week And we, we discuss our progress and some of our next steps. And Elliot is usually the one pushing us every week to come and join. But I feel like we, uh, all the teams could have done, would have been better off by having an in-person meeting every week. Because you get a whiteboard, a proper whiteboard in an in-person meeting, and you can draw out all your, all your logical thinking and reasoning of why something would work. And like all the, you can write out pros and cons, and you can beat your head against the whiteboard, quite literally, to figure out something. <laughs> and we cannot do that while, while we are virtual. It's more and more of talking the same thing again and again. We cannot express our ideas. But virtual has uh, its own benefits. We, we are able to look for new, new data online. And like, if you're canvassing the same thing again and again, you're, most, you're more likely to find out new, st- new things and new data sets. So that has been
1: beneficial for us overall. Elliot, uh, without getting uh, too far in the weeds, what what do you want the average person to understand about what you're trying to do here? Are you trying to make long-range forecasts better for how smoke from wildfires uh, deals with the atmosphere or how the atmosphere deals with it to help make better forecasting long-range? We have forecasts now, I think, in the short range to tell us where the smoke's going from stuff. But this is more long-range stuff in terms of getting better forecasts going forward in the future
4: yeah so our ultimate goal is to do be able to do long-term forecasts based on like wildfire where they're located how intensely they're burning how fast they're spreading and also like various weather related variables and even land cover variables like what kind of forest or grassland is burning but right now we're early stage of modeling and we're focusing on short-term forecasts to be able to like get something working for sure so um, a little bit of
1: both. I'll tell you, you know, the the opportunity not only to work with your own team from uh, the University of Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, last week we talked to a team that was kind of all over the place in terms of from other schools. This is the first team that's specific to a school. But you've got the opportunity to work with some really amazing people on the educational side and then in the private sector that have kind of uh, brought their resources to bear, like our company, Ankiweather, That's got to be exciting for you.
5: Yeah, definitely, because um, I think when we look at the past research and the resources and the um, kind of framework that the private companies provide, it's really easy because uh, when we talk to the researchers, they say that getting in data is much more difficult than actually applying a machine learning framework. For us, getting the data was a big part of the challenge, and when we refer back to the work of the private companies, it becomes much more easier because the resources provided to us Help us do the job much faster because the time frame is much less, and we have to get more work done within that same time frame.
1: and then, And I think that uh, much more work and less time uh, certainly uh, lends itself to the creativity that you have to come up with. trains, what's what's the most creative thing that you guys have had to do here in the last month or so? around this project
6: like there are two things which were really creative which we would have done like which we did not think we would need to do at the beginning and like which we tried to pull off in the last week was gathering all the data sets and like getting in getting that into one format and like trying to store all of the like all like different data sets into like on one single grid and having like all the variables working and filling in missing values if there were any I at least did not anticipate that to be such a big problem, and like we we needed a creative solution. And uh, Elliot, along with Colin, and uh, Elliot's another friend Brian, who is also a team member, was able to uh, was able to work on the same. And like, do uh, give us a really good solution uh, of like interpolating the data in a proper fashion.
1: Well, Elliot, they say you're the cheerleader. You're go- the guy that's been trying to get everybody together. Uh, how are things going as you guys get to that uh, end of the month deadline, right for the submission of the project? You feel like you're in good spot right now?
4: Well, I'd say that for the past couple of weeks, we were kind of struggling with the data stuff because we thought, okay, let's we'll just download the data and get some models running. But it turned out that working with the data would actually be a lot harder than that but um, we just put our heads down and worked on the data for the past couple of weeks and now it's in a good format to get the models running which is I think around where we want to be for the project and so yeah we have a good selection of models and all the like back end like tech to like run it so yeah I think we're in a pretty good spot and the team (laughs) has been great so like I haven't had to do too much cheerleading
1: Elliot Kim, Gautam Agarwal, and Shreyan Sarogi Thank you for being with us today. We'll look forward to you. Good luck in the competition. We'll get the results here in a couple of months. Thanks.
4: Thanks. Thank you so much.
1: Of course, since we recorded that midweek, we just, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, the University of Wisconsin has just lost another football game of their season. They had to cancel their game with Purdue, which of course that hurts the Boilermakers as well. And it looks like there is uh, still uh, some problems with COVID in the team and in the community that are causing some concern of whether or not the Badgers play football. So we're kind of taking both themes together there with football and this amazing project X that we certainly look forward to chronicling and uh, keeping in touch with. We're going to be profiling following one more of the teams and then, of course, have the announcement of the winner uh, as we go through it. Um, I want to bring in someone who uh, does a lot of work behind the scenes to make this podcast sound amazing. And I want to bring in our executive producer, Ken Prell, for a couple of reasons. One (laughs) is, uh, Ken, thank you for all that you have been doing behind the scenes. And, you know, I've given you some pretty lengthy uh stuff here to, to edit through and to make it sound great and and thank you
0: for all the great job that you've been doing on that uh, no problem thank you dean for uh you know hosting a great show it's always fun putting these things together each week
1: i truly have enjoyed it and so normally we're going to go right into our last segment which is uh what we call weather for the weekend coming up and beyond is where we just take a little longer look at the weather i invited ken in here because You know, since I started hosting the podcast back when we started with the COVID series in March, um, I haven't really taken a break. Even when I was on quote unquote vacation, we kept doing the podcast. But turns out that, uh, well, I need to take a little break here. I need to take a week off. I'm going to get some knee surgery done next week. Uh, I've been hurting on my knees. And as active as I've been trying to become here over the last several years and my weight loss and stuff, uh, I need to get that fixed up. So I'm going to take a few days off. So we just figured that Ken would be in next week to host the podcast. So, you know, I, I wanted to give you practice to to host the weather <laughs> segment with me uh, before we get into that. Uh, but uh, you know, first of all, I just, th- that uh, conversation with the my friends, the PA announcers, I know you've been enjoying because, uh, yeah, the, the behind the scenes, the the inside baseball stuff about what goes on in the booth has been. It was kind of fun.
0: Well, you yeah, you know me. I'm a I'm a radio geek. I'm a, a football geek. You know, I love hearing all that kind of stuff. And you know, I didn't even think about you know getting to and from different sporting events on the same day and how much easier that could potentially be (laughs) now with, with no fans, but I Uh, I give you guys a lot of credit. I don't know, just watching some of these games with just a hundred people or a couple hundred people in the, in the stadium. It's just to keep that kind of enthusiasm and, you know, I'm listening always when I'm watching Penn state, always listening in the background uh, to hear you. Well, I appreciate
1: that. And, you know, I think, uh, as I said, um, I think that really made a difference for a lot of people that, couldn't be there. And we're watching on TV just to kind of feel that uh, familiarity. You know, I said this uh, to someone in the office today, when we look back at this, Ken, for those of us that live in Happy Valley, we are going to look back and think that we kind of just wasted the one of the nicest slates of college football Saturdays that I can remember in a fall, and here we are going into the early part of November, Ken, and we're talking about a temperature that could get to near 70 degrees in Happy Valley and State College uh, on Saturday before that game kicks off, and there's going to be places that get up in the low to mid-70s. It's like summer on overtime, the second one. We had a, a surge of that, and... uh I know you've got uh, kids. I mean, they've got to be like, you know, what? Do, how do they dress? One day it's they're dressing like winter, and the next day they have to break out the summer clothing.
0: Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that's the crazy thing about this year with with COVID. Um, my daughter is doing, you know, virtual learning from home, so we don't have to worry about too much of the uh, the, the clothing options here. But uh, she's always in a in a hoodie anyway. So uh, no matter <laughs> if it's you know ninety five degrees or if it's uh, thirty degrees, so uh, <laughs> so her outfits are usually. <laughs> Usually the same no matter what.
1: Well, Uh, yeah, I I can understand that. But, you know, I I tell you what, I think especially with and again, as we record this uh, late Thursday, early Friday, we're still got a lot of uh, uncertainty about other things. One thing that has been certain has been how gorgeous the weather has been. And just looking at the map, Ken, I mean, this 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 nice bulk of high pressure continues to be over the middle of the country. The Great Lakes the Northeast into New England through the weekend, the only places uh, the Eastern third of the country that may be a little bit, you know, substandard is one is because of the position of the high, the winds coming in, onshore in Florida. And plus, now we're going to have to keep an eye on Ada, folks, because it looks like it's going to get back over the Caribbean and then emerge past uh, Cuba as we go through the weekend. And then the questions are, what happens? Does that circulation regenerate and it comes back up the eastern seaboard or does it cut back left going into the Gulf? It even still sends a little moisture up you know, into the eastern seaboard. But that'll be the question marks that you're going to want to watch on the forecast going through. And then, you know, our good friend, Dr. Joe Sobel, who uh, still works in our forensics uh, situation, but retired from a daily radio, he used to say it's the rubber band theory of meteorology. Ken, you know, you're stretching the rubber band so far and creating all this Warmth in the eastern yep. part of the country. It's got to snap back. <laughs> yeah, Al West snapping back again. Windy, cold, and then there's snow going to be flying in the Rockies. And uh, so uh, this weekend is kind of a a tale of two situations. And then, of course, as we get into next week, we're going to keep an eye on Ada. Uh, I think as we get into next week too, we've got a, our show planned out too. As we really kind of get a little bit uh, more of a deeper dive into winter preparation here as we start wrapping up falls. All right.
0: Yep, that's right. Yeah. Next week, we'll welcome back a couple of guests that we've had on uh, recently. Uh, Paul Pastelok, of course, AccuWeather long-range meteorologist and expert. He'll be back with an update on the uh, winter forecast next week. So looking forward to touching base with him. And then uh, Becky DePodwin, who we've had on recently as well. She has winter weather preparedness tips for us, tips for travel, uh, how to prepare your home, and some outdoor tips as well.
1: That's going to be interesting, and uh, then I'll probably be back. Hopefully, the next week after that. But uh, yeah, good. Uh, you know, Paul's always great to talk to, and uh, we talked to Becky just uh, several weeks ago in terms of things, and uh, that'll be a great conversation. And uh, you know, we're so appreciative. I know Ken and I are of of having the resources here at AccuWeather, and then being able to tap into all these great people across the country and across the world. It's been fun, and we look forward to keep doing here on everything under the sun. All right, so this, Ken's like, wrap it up. I will. He's the executive <laughs> producer. I hear you. I see you. I got to add
0: this stuff together yeah, and get it yeah, out. Yeah, there
1: for you go. All right, <laughs> friends, for all of us, uh, the hundreds of AccuWeather team members who work tirelessly behind the scenes every day to keep you up to date. Make sure you're checking out our re- newly redesigned app. It's winning rave reviews. Uh, just uh, seen many more stories where people are just saying you gotta you gotta switch to the AccuWeather app accuweather.com all our great media partners are accuweather network the great radio stations i'm fortunate to be on uh, we have so many people working hard to keep the weather story and the forecast uh, and keeping you uh, weatherproofed with all of that so for ken prella our executive producer with andrew rob and all of our great guests thank you so much episode eight of our fall series with ken next week and i'll be back the week after that this is everything under the sun from accuweather.com